Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and we're back. Now, before I dive into the episode, I just wanted to quickly shout out the uh, the author of that cover, um, of Who Will Know, from the Shin Godzilla soundtrack. Uh, that was covered by um, Amaga Geru, I'm probably butchering the name. But the link to the, th- the full theme will be in the description. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. It was dope. Uh, and as soon as I heard it, I felt I had to include it uh, in this episode. Um, and today, we are taking a brief break um, from some disaster-themed episodes. Um, the last one we did was about the 1916 uh, Jersey Shore shark attacks, and from that, I immediately jumped into uh, into research. Um, for the next one, we're looking at the sinking of the USS Indianapolis, and both of those um, both of those events are tied to the the first summer blockbuster Jaws. Um, but since both are based in real life and and quite heavy. Um, and involve a lot more, uh, a lot more work than the normal episode does. Not that normal episodes don't require work. Heck, I was doing uh, some research um, just to finalize thoughts before recording this. It's still very different. Um, so I needed a little bit of a break, and also I've just been having a very anxious day, and hoping the recording will help get me out of it. Um, and this is kind of a uh, a loose continuation of an episode that I did way back in in 2019, um, and we're talking about uh, adaptation and reimagining. Um, but specifically, I want to focus it on uh, the Godzilla franchise. Um, now, uh, reimaginings and adapt adapt adaptation sorry i can't words isn't unique to godzilla um it's something you can look at at so many long running franchises but i think godzilla can be a very good example of how you can do good and bad uh reimaginings and adaptations and three films uh from this pantheon uh, this humongous franchise, um, because it's been around for, oh my gosh, over, over 50 years. Um, I think when we hit 2029, it's going to be 75 years old, which is just bonkers. Um, but it's also had over 20 movies and we're getting a new one. Um, this December in Godzilla minus one, and that kind of springboarded this, and also seeing um, seeing friends uh, of the show. Shout out to uh, patron Nathan, as well as uh, awesome friend Nathan uh, and Michael Hamilton, both who uh, both who run the. Um, sorry, I almost said Monster Island Film Vault, but I meant the Power Trip because Nathan runs Monster Island Film Vault and Henshin Men. Michael's on Power Trip. Um, 
and both are involved in Kaiju Ramen Magazine. And then, of course, Kaiju Kim was there as well. So I've got friends who I've I got to meet, and they were at G-Fest. So I've been, I've been in a bit of a Godzilla mood lately. And I actually, over the past couple of days, rewatched the amazing Shin Godzilla. Um, and then last night, I watched uh, 2019's King of the Monsters. Um and then I've also been listening to the excellent podcast Bondzilla doing a, a deep analysis of Do uh, Bond and Godzilla franchises. Um, and I, I so enjoy this franchise. I really do. But because it's been going on for so long, there have been many, many times the, the series would change course something would be adjusted. Uh, there's been several, several reboot continuities. Um, one flat-out reboot It remain, uh, in Shin. It remains to be seen. Um, okay, not one flat-out reboot, because the 98 one, I guess, I guess was a reboot? We'll get there. Um, in 2014, technically, but also not really because it's setting up its own franchise while honoring it. I, I'm hesitant to call it a reboot or a remake, where something like Shin, it's not connected to the prior continuity at all. Um, it's not connected to 54. In Shin's universe, uh, the 54 original never happened. So that's where I'm like, okay, yeah, no, that's... That's a reboot. I guess the MonsterVerse one is is a reboot, and I guess you could say the '98 TriStar one is a reboot. But I'm I'm hesitant to call it that. Um, those I look at more like reimaginings, or I guess repurposings, um, or just go with adaptations because it's not going for the tone or anything that the original had. Anyways, um. But Godzilla has been around for over 50 years. Like I said, we're we're staring down 75 years of this of this franchise uh in in a couple of years. Um and it has been course adjusted several times and new continuity set up and all that. If you if you want to learn more about it, um I did a deep dive episode on Godzilla. Um, a couple years ago, I'd recommend checking that one out. Um, also, you could hear more thoughts on Godzilla when uh, Nathan and I talked Godzilla Unmade. Uh, there were two episodes to that, also re-released as a Megasode. Um, and, of course, I've done an episode on Shin Godzilla, both solo and with, uh, with my boy Christian, before we did Radio Arcade on our Into the Weeds subseries. Um... So this is a franchise I have a lot of enjoyment of and a lot of love for. And it's interesting with Godzilla minus one coming out because we're not sure where that's going to land. It looks more akin to original Godzilla than, say, Shin did, but it's also taking place earlier. So is this going to somehow be a prequel? Is it setting up its own thing? Time will tell, but the movie looks dope, and I love how little we know about it. Um, but I think Godzilla is an excellent franchise to look at lessons you can learn from uh, when adapting and reimagining. Um, 
just because of how long it's been around and how many different people have had their had their takes with it. Um, and the three ones I want to look at to highlight this um, in particular are uh, Godzilla 98, 2014, the start of the MonsterVerse, and then Shin, Shin Godzilla from 2016. Now, Shin could be, you could argue, is less of an adaptation, but um, I group it in because it is a bit of reimagining and it is kind of adapting an original story, the original 54 story, but to a modern context. Um, so I, I think it works within there. Um, so let's not bury the lead. Godzilla 98 is terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible adaptation. Um, it is what you should, uh, what they should teach in film schools. Like, hey, if you're going to adapt a um, a franchise from a different, like from a different uh, country in in a new one, and try to bring it in to a new audience, it's basically what you should not do. Um, now that's not to be overly mean to it because it's so easy to pick apart and pick on Godzilla 98. And don't get me wrong. As much as I think it's bad, there are some aspects of, uh, the 98 film that I enjoy the first half an hour for the most part is, is pretty solid. Um, but what makes it a bad adaptation is it it's not Godzilla. Um, I wish I could find the article. I really do. But Sci-Fi Japan, and I think the website's down or has been for a little bit. If I can find it, I'm going to put it in here just because it's a fascinating link that goes through a uh, fascinating series of articles that goes through how that film happened. Because uh, Japan had always been open. Toho had always been open in their desire to see what their what their baby could look like with an American film budget, what it could be done, other countries could do with it. Um, and uh, it, it could be an episode in and of itself, uh, the 90, what that movie was originally going to look like. Uh, from 1994, uh, Nathan and I did talk about it on the Unmade episode, um, but it looks vastly different. And that was, I'd argue, much more in line with Godzilla, even though liberties were taken. Um, and here's the thing, and we're going to talk about it more when we get to what I call good adaptations and reimaginings. It doesn't have, you don't have to be a slave to the original origin or continuity for it to be considered a good adaptation. Um, but there needs to be a respect to the thing that you are adapting. And Dean Devlin and Ronald Emmerich have been very forthcoming about the fact that that did not exist. Godzilla in the 90s uh, in North America was not looked at the same way it is now. 
it was seen as, oh, that's those silly movies with bad dubbing and people in okay looking suits just fighting like they're this is stupid like that was the prevailing attitudes of audiences and it didn't help that the 54 original was repackaged the way it was in 55 um not uh godzilla returns that came out in 95 or 84 in japan 85 in uh in north america um which kicked off my favorite period of Godzilla films, the, the Heisei period. The, the, yeah, the Heisei period. Sorry, I was about to say Heisei, and then I'm like, Nathan would correct me. Um, it underperformed in North America big time. So uh, the only ones that were, and there were a litany of licensing issues, and many of the Heisei era films weren't even shown in North America until probably the early 2000s. Um, so most of it that was known of, of Godzilla was the the latter silliness of the, of the Showa era. And I'm not trying to disparage the Showa era because there's some excellent films there and I, I enjoy it, but it also did get silly. Um, so that was the prevailing thing. So when the original version of 94 fell apart and eventually Emmerich and uh, Roland came on, um, they were like, we want car uh, we want full creative control. And they were given it. Um, and this is why writers shouldn't always be given stuff. And there's so many other examples. Everybody will automatically thinks of studio interference or restrictions on creatives being a bad thing. And yeah, a lot of time it is. It's not always though. And there are plenty of examples that could be its own episode of when it's needed um, or where it's beneficial to, to the film. In this case, there should have been more, but they were given carte blanche. Um, and the only thing that resembles Godzilla from 98, there are two things, nuclear origins and the roar. And that's it. Um, and that's, that's not enough. Um, the creature does not look like Godzilla. It's a giant, like it's a giant radiated iguana. Um, and I like the, the Zilla design. I would have less of a problem with this if it got to be its own thing. Um, but it does not have really anything in common with Godzilla. They're like, hey, we got to go more realistic. Sure. We'll go with this is more realistic. We're talking a giant monster here. I'm not here for realism. Um, but it just weaves and dodges. It's not doesn't have a, it doesn't have the messaging and the metaphor that the original Godzilla did or the design that made it interesting like it blends into the city which they're like camouflage is cool because this is real but also it's hiding in buildings and we're not seeing the destruction around it and there's so many issues with the 98 film where I'm like this isn't the thing that you told me it was um I have to see some resemblances. 
Um, I mentioned it in the original episode we talked about uh, reimagine, like reimagining and adapting, but I mean, you don't have to enjoy like say the the Kelvin timeline treks as much as I do, but I don't consider like when I hear people say like that's not the character, that's not Kirk, that's not Spock. I don't consider that good faith because when you look at those characters, what those characters' actions do, uh, what those character those actors bring to their performances you see how it is in, at least informed by what came before you see they're not going for a carbon copy but you see how it actually implements how the characters are characterized now even though there's this new spin on them um and you see how it's okay this this is that character just in a different light or in a different universe with a different backstory. It's not like I'm looking at Jean-Luc Picard suddenly being a huge muscle head who swears every other word and more than Kirk is like, let's fight. Um, those at least you're like, yes, no, I might not enjoy the film. This is in, but that is like, you're telling me this is captain Kirk. I can believe it because every like, you're not just telling me everything else around this is informing me and this looks and acts similar enough to a character that I've watched before or read that I'm like, yeah, no, this, this makes sense. That was not the case with Zilla as he's been now named uh, for a while. The fan community just called him Gino Godzilla name only. Um, and heck, some of the people at Toho, when they saw the 98 film, were like, it's like they took the god out of Godzilla. Um, yeah. Um, but that was a thing of like, you're telling me this is a thing. I don't, how? How is this, how is this Godzilla? Similar origin, sure, but it doesn't behave like Godzilla. Um, it doesn't move or interact with other things like Godzilla. This is its own monster. Um, and it was, the, the film has so many flaws, period. Um, but would, what would make it more watchable would be literally if it was just called anything else. Um, a reviewer pointed out, like even, even the Bondzilla podcast pointed out, um, and I think uh, Big Action Bill, because he's got a, it's a YouTube series retrospectives on um, on the Godzilla franchise. He even points out, like, the 98 film has more in common with 2,000 Leagues or 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which was like an irradiated monster coming up from the depths and then just showing up a city and attacking, kind of, and reacting. It has more in common with that than it does with the Japanese original or any of the, the Showa, Showa, however you pronounce it, um, era films. And that's where it's really, really hard to get behind it. There's aspects. I, like I said, I like that design. Um, I like its movements, but it's not the thing you're telling me it is. Um, it honestly feels like, Hey, I'm watching 
a movie about a crime fighter who straight up murders people and maybe hangs out of the side of a building. We're going to call it Spider-Man. Nothing like no connection to the actual source material or the character whatsoever, but we're going to call it that. And it's, it's not the thing. It's just not the thing. And I'm not trying to, like I said, I'm not trying to beat up on the movie because there are aspects I enjoy about it. Um, heck, I've even said if they were like ever going to be, we're going to do a quasi-sequel that's friggin' just Hank Azaria and Jean Renault as the French guy and uh, whatever Hank's character's name was. I'm in that in spades because they were the best part of that movie. Um and the ideas behind Godzilla 2, the canceled Godzilla 2, they even started to course correct where that creature started to resemble more of the Godzilla from Japan. Heck, they incorporated those things into the animated series, which was the continuation of that instead of the, the movies where this Godzilla had atomic breath. It didn't run away all the time. It wasn't absolute nigh immortal but it could actually take a pounding like eight missiles didn't kill it um it had characteristics and personalities similar to the toho godzilla and that one that series which is a lot of fun to watch it does get repetitious um it's it's a saturday morning cartoon but it's still quite enjoyable and that is much more palatable as a Godzilla adaptation than the 98 film was. Uh, 2014 is a good example of a good adaptation. Um, that one, when you look at the creature, you automatically are like, yeah, that's, that's Godzilla. Um, it has a very different origin than, hey, because in the original, uh, in the original Toho canon, it was, uh, here, let me pull it up just because I had the the words and I had them well, but then I lost it. Um, okay, so in the original canon, the idea was Godzilla was a creature like a. Um, sorry, here, let me find it. Um, it was a type of a prehistoric reptile um, that was related to both land and sea reptiles, and it was in a deep slumber underwater for millions of years uh and when it woke up it would feed on deep sea organisms and then it was uh disturbed by the american hydro hyd hydrogen bomb tests um there were some other things there were some uh mangas um based on the some original ideas where there were other members of godzilla's species that um were with it but then the the testing um not only irradiated Godzilla and kind of burned him a bit, it also ruined his home and killed his the other ones of his species. Now, that hasn't been fully shown um, in the films, but it's also something there. But it's that idea of, like, this was something that was a prehistoric creature that was irradiated by man's nuclear testing. Um, and that part, the the irradiated part, they applied to... Uh, Zilla in the 98 film, they didn't with tw the 2014 legendary Godzilla. 
Um, with that, it was like, hey, those tests, they weren't tests. They were trying to kill it. Um, in that, Godzilla has been this way for millions of years. It's an ancient, ancient species that fed off of radiation, um, like the natural radiation levels of the environment and the world at that time. And then after extinction events and those levels started dropping, it would feed off of the natural radiation within the Earth's core and that kind of thing. Um, the atomic bombs and, te like, and tests did like grab its attention, but it only showed up when things were throwing the world out of balance. But even though that's a, I'd say a vastly different origin than the Toho original and then the ones they applied with Heisei, and then even in the Millennium Era, um, when you look at the monster versus Godzilla, as soon as you see it, you're like, yes, that's Godzilla. Um, when you see how they incorporate elements from that, from the original franchise, like, yeah, it's they're, they're reimagining stuff, but you're like, no, it makes sense for the character that they're doing here. I can buy this. It also has similar mannerisms and power sets, although still arguably not as strong as the OGs. Um, when you look at it, you're like, yes, this is, this is the thing I've been watching from Japan for my childhood on space marathons. Like, I I recognize this. Um, even though it's a different backstory, that's okay. You don't have to have that, or that same exact story for it to be the thing. Um, it's got the different backstory. This one has a different personality. But when you look at it, when it's got some of the mannerisms, it fulfills a similar role. It is the thing. It is Godzilla. You're like, yep, it might not be, it might not even be my favorite Godzilla, but I can't say this is not Godzilla. This is clearly Godzilla. <laughs> um, and just so I don't repeat myself too much with this, because I feel like I'm circling, final one I'm going to give, the final one I will want to look at is Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla was the first Japanese reboot, whole reboot kit and caboodle of Godzilla. Because even when we were in the uh, Millennium Era, where every film except for two, they were a duology, um, acted as a direct sequel to the 54 film, and everything else just didn't happen, um, they still were like, hey, we're the, second, we're the second thing coming off of the 54 film. Heisei was like, hey, we're going to throw out everything except for the 54 original. And then that continuity was like, it goes 54, then 84, and then 84 through 94 or 95. Um, but it always had the 54 original as its base. Shin was like, 54 never happened. And it, I'd say, captured the spirit of that original the most out of any of the films. Um, Godzilla in this is a, in Shin is a destructive force of nature. Um, 
like mankind paying for its sins and messing with things that it shouldn't. That was that was something coming out of the 54 original because it's coming out nine years after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, Shin, it, like Godzilla, the original was a response in a way to that and the fears coming out of that and then the horrors that radiation unleashed on the people of Japan. Um, but then also they were looking at their role in it. Um, Shin is like that, but with the Fukushima meltdown and the, the typhoon, um, there's the word we use more often in North America. I'm just, uh, I'm just blanking on it right now. Um, like it was a response to that and the Japanese government's slow response to it. Um, so it captured that tone, but also Shin Godzilla in that has three, four forms. And we see, we only see part of one. We see the tail of form one, but then we see form two, which looks so different. Form three, you start to slowly get there. Shin's fourth form, you're like, all right, that looks like Godzilla's been melted down and he's just raw, exposed, charred muscle and teeth and existence is pain. But it still looks a lot like it's got that outline where you're like, yep, it's a nightmare version of Godzilla. It's nightmare fuel, but it's Godzilla. And even though they were adding new abilities to it, um, like being able to shoot the atomic breath out of it because it's less breath it's beams um out of its dorsal fins and eventually its tail uh it was like an organism that had been irradiated and was constantly evolving um before our very eyes and it's fascinating and it's such a good film and it's like okay you took like 98, you took very different steps. But you also, like, you've got the same origin or a very similar one, like 98. Uh, and yeah, you've got the roar. Eventually we see the power, even though then they add to it and it's awesome. And then some of the stuff from the deleted scenes, you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesomely horrific. Um, it captured the spirit the the spirit and the essence of it not only in terms of tone in the film um and parallels that you can cast between shin and the 54 original when you're seeing godzilla show up on the land like not in like at points deliberately destroying but it's not like it's antagonistic it's a destructive force of nature just living um, it's not being mean. Like, it truly captures the spirit of, especially that original incarnation. Because uh, in the original show, a series, like, Godzilla, that Godzilla from 54, it dies at the end of the movie. And then, yes, we get the series of films, but it's just like from 55 onwards, uh, through the end of the Showa era, that's a different Godzilla. It was just another member of its species. 
And that's the one that starts kind of villainous, but then eventually becomes like the, the happy jumping hero that we've all seen memes of. Shin is, I'd argue, very much like, no, we're not only going for the tone of the original film, we're going for the tone of the original monster. And it captured it wonderfully. And Shin is, I'd argue, the one of the best examples of how you can reimagine and adapt a character uh, to a different setting where it doesn't even have to have the similar look. Like, even though 50, even though 2014 through the MonsterVerse, yes, it looks similar, but it's also got a, a, a different appearance to other Godzillas. It look, you, you could argue and should that that looks more like Godzilla than Shin does. But Shin, when you see it, especially in its fourth form, you're like, that is unquestionably Godzilla. I am looking at Godzilla, just a warped, twisted version of it. Um, it's not like, why is this iguana running around being called Godzilla? So there we go. I just kind of wanted to talk about that. I might revisit the series looking at other franchises as well. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, and sorry if I circled around my points too much. Um, like I said, I just kind of wanted to talk Godzilla and also get out of the anxious uh, feelings I was having. Um, and this kind of helped a little bit. So thank you for uh, thank you for letting me do that. I appreciate the help and I appreciate you guys reaching out uh, when you do. Uh, please, uh, if you have any feedback on the show, let me know. I'd love to hear it. And I also hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll be back soon with another one. And yep, we will be shortly looking at the infamous sinking of the USS Indianapolis, um, where I feel like it's, it's become more known through stuff like Shark Week. And then there was a Nick Cage movie about it, but most people, I think, are aware of it in the broader pop culture because of the excellent monologue from Robert Shaw from from Quint in Jaws. Um, but it's it's such a fascinating story. So we'll be back with that episode soon. Uh, and of course, I'm going to talk more Godzilla later this year when I get the chance, uh, hopefully in December, to see Godzilla Minus One. I know it's getting a release in the U.S. I'm hoping it'll get a release here in Canada and that I'll be able to check it out in theaters looks i know little to anything of it and i love that but from the little i've seen it looks it looks friggin dope anyways i hope you all have a wonderful day take care stay safe and god bless my friends peace